What's up everyone? Today we're talking about a pretty hotly debated topic. Should your knees go over your toes when you squat? This is something that a lot of people are confused about and we're going to go deep into it and also talk about some common knee injuries like arthritis. Stick around. What's up everyone, it's Physio Monday. We are absolutely pumped to have the effervescent Phil White sitting <laughs> next to me. Uh, we've got Rad across the table, Richie behind the mic as the voice of God. Together we are Unity Gym and the Unified Movement System where we turn driven people into athletes. You can always find out some of the key lessons and insights that we've learned over our decades of training people in our UMS Blueprints. They're available on the website or in the description links. Big shout out to everyone listening on the podcast today. Big shout out to everyone tuning in and watching the replay on YouTube. But the biggest shout out goes to those people joining us live. How are you folks? Make sure you get your uh, comments in and questions in for Phil for Physio Monday. Question of the day, do you squat knees over toes? Have you ever been told not to and why? How is it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going further with that. Um, I reckon Yanni Googles words to name you every morning because he's uh, coming up with some crackers. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, um, uh, I got tested for coronavirus on Friday and I don't have it. Right. Luckily, uh, it is a cold, um, but man, was I not feeling good last week. So it's good to know that I don't have coronavirus. Uh, so I'm good in that respect, but I'm still getting over a touch of the man flu. Um, yeah. I'm also well. I've spent a delightful 12 hours of sports yesterday, which is my favorite kind of weekend. So yeah, had a good time and ready for another week. And yeah, I think this topic today, like knee arthritis is just one of the, like having, yeah, spent some time working in hospitals um, as part of my, my uni placements, like seeing people getting knee, arth uh, knee arthritis, um, knee replacements and hip, hip replacements. Uh, yeah, arthritis is like one of the largest causes of disability in our country and certainly around the world but it shouldn't be. Yeah. So I think it's a great chat. I think so it's going to be exciting. What, yeah, is it? exciting. what is arthritis? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so for those uh, playing at home, we've, we've we're talking about squatting knees over toes, but this is coming off the back of a question uh, by one of the members of the UMS Mastermind group called uh, Renee Leo, who has done a, um, a big sort of question here and, and apologize for their English, but their English is definitely better than a lot of Australians that I speak to. So yeah. well done, uh, <laughs> Renee, the second language. Uh, but basically, um, should we read out the question or talk about Yeah, arthritis? read out the question. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, some context. Uh, oh, come on, computer. There we go. He said, I just purchased the 18-minute uh, mobility routine, and I see that there is a lot of exercises where our butt has to be below our knees. So the knee angle is below 90 degrees, for example, the deep squat. I've been doing this kind of movement for a long time, and my mobility is pretty good. But I've recently di diagnosed with gonarthritis, gonarthritis, which is not a term we use in Australia, but that, what that means is basically knee arthritis. Um, so my doctor recommended that I don't, uh, do not do any movement that puts my knees under the 90 degree angle. The gonarthritis <coughs> is still very early stage, but recently my left knee has been hurting so bad I had an injection of cortisol. Uh, it helped a lot to make the pain go away, but now I'm afraid uh, about having pain again if I don't follow my doctor's instructions. Uh, I always thought that this kind of movement was good for uh, articulation, so joints. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts on that. Thank you. And then apologize for their perfect English. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Renee, great question. I think this is a um, something that just comes up for so many people. As soon as they start getting knee pain, uh, they go to see a doctor who 
um, will usually then go get them a scan and that scan will come back showing some kind of change in your knee. Um, and we've talked a lot about imaging and scans in the past. We've done a few episodes pretty much just um, on that. So if you do want to hear more about it, uh, go back and have a look. But the really important thing to understand and, and also with our pain science um, episodes as well is that um, damage does not equal pain. So if you see something on the um, on a scan that shows that there's a like morphological change, so changes to the actual structure, so bones, cartilage, ligaments, um, bursts, all these things, um, there's no reason why, um, there's no indication to say that that's the cause of your um, pain or lack of function. So uh, that might be a pretty wild thing to hear for some people, but um, there's so many things going on in the body that it's just not so simple to go, okay, you've got some changes on your x-ray, therefore now you are a injured person who needs, Compromised. <laughs> yep, that's who right. then needs to stop doing human movement. Yep. So that's the kind of big takeaway is, is like that the, if you go see a doctor, usually they aren't very, like they have to know so much about so many things that usually they don't have a great sort of um, understanding of musculoskeletal conditions. So their only tool is x-ray. And then when your only tool is x-ray, then... Just quietly, before we go any further, um, Phil dates a doctor. So uh, he has to be very careful what he says here. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's just, it's been very eye-opening being like, whoa, you have no idea about just yeah. so much of this stuff. And, and like I'm now- And she's, my, a, my she's a good doctor oh, too. Oh, exactly. She's, my, my, a, and, like, she's an emergency doctor. Yeah. And with that friendship group, I spend most of my time with doctors and it's like just kind of mind-blowing how little understanding they have of musculoskeletal conditions, which, yeah. but then when I've like, I sort of spent a whole year studying for an exam and I totally understand why you don't understand it because you have to know so much about so many things. So that's why I really encourage people when you do have a musculoskeletal pain, so pains in your, your joints, and you tear muscles, all those things, like if your country allows it, go see a physio first. Um, and when I mean, in America, you have to get a uh, doctor referral, referral and, and yeah. other countries as well, yeah. but I really do recommend go see a physio or um, someone who works with movement. Yeah, 100%. First. 100%. So. What is arthritis, I guess? Is what, that the... What is arthritis? Now, let me... Let me I'm sitting back I just want to yeah. I just want to quickly, just quickly, before we go any further, I just want to say that there, it, do not assume, because people really smash EDs and, um, uh, uh, sorry, and, and MDs uh, a lot, uh, and it's really, really stupid. And what Phil just said there is very important. These are the, the, the big guns, and they do have an insane amount of knowledge and education, but it has to be so diverse and broad that when you have a musculoskeletal issue, something that's wrong with your uh, muscles, tendons, ligaments, connective tissues or bones, it's, it's recommended that you go see someone who specializes in that area yeah. so that they're going to know And a there lot are definitely more. doctors out there who do specialize into that stuff, either specialists or um, you know, GPs with like particular interest. Uh, so there are definitely people out there, so don't get me wrong. Um, there are some really good people, but as a general rule, I just see it so, so often that someone goes and sees a doctor and all they can do is like x-ray yeah, or yeah. Uh, MRI, yeah. and then they give advice based on that scan. Yeah. Uh, just before we do go on, if anyone does have any questions watching live, please do um, put in the uh, questions get for them in early. Monday. Get them in early. Get them in early, um, yep. We've had a few recently where it's like the show ends and then the yeah. <laughs> questions yeah, go in. So, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I am trying really hard to make things as clear and understandable as possible. So if I um, am not, if I ramble on and not clear enough, please do ask for kind of clarifying questions as well. Don't yeah, worry, that's sure. what Rad and I are here for, yeah. just to bring it back down <laughs> to a neutral intellect. 
Yeah. So basically, with osteoarthritis, it's um, looking at changes in, a, a, well, yeah, it's, it's changes in a joint. So a lot of people focus heavily on the cartilage component because with arthritis, it generally starts with the uh, cartilage as a um, as one of the passive structures in your joint. It starts to get some changes and, and some damage. But arthritis, as it develops, can then start to affect other tissues. Like um, it can actually get like thickening of the bone because now you don't have the cartilage um, kind of protecting the bone. The bone then, as it as with the whole body, adapts to more stress and it will thicken up. Um, you can also get changes to your um, ligaments, joint capsule, all these things that are start to change. But when uh, we talk a lot about like what words mean on uh, the show with with arthritis, this is one of those times where inflammation is is part of it. So the itis, whenever you see itis, that um, is talking about inflammation. And so it's quite an interesting one with arthritis is it's when you start to get little bits of changes in um, your cartilage, that actually starts an inflammatory process because now your body's got like the fragments of the cartilage or whatever that is now a foreign body and it starts to try and like deal with that. And so that's where the inflammatory process comes from. And then that's where it starts to kind of cause other issues like joint swelling, capsule swelling, all of these things that really lock up your range of motion. So that's just a basic on osteoarthritis. Don't get too freaked out by the idea of, I don't know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> foreign bodies in knee, yeah. but uh, that's kind of where it starts and then it, it, it develops on. But so many people, uh, will, like this person, Renee, I think is, is has been told they've got very early stage arthritis and then been told to not ever do knees, like squat, yeah. squat past 90 degrees. Yeah, and I think that is so, so, so. I had, like, I had a little, like <laughs> somewhere in the world, a, f a squat fairy or a fitness fairy died when I read that. <laughs> It was um, it was devastating, especially considering that the knee doesn't get a lot of blood flow naturally into the joint, and it relies on that synovial fluid sort of somewhat lubricating and servicing the joint, and that only occurs with movement. Yeah. Uh, so the the concept of bending the knee to a to full flexion and straightening again is actually quite important for the knee. But you think of it like a like I used to think of it like an engine. I, I was a mechanical engineer before a personal trainer. You know, the engine of a car has oil squirting through throughout it to keep it lubricated. And some of the oil, some of the areas of the engine get less oil than others. And it's really, re really important that that oil is constantly changed when you service the car so that it doesn't clog up and, and, and prevent that lubrication from occurring all over the engine. I kind of think of the knees similar to that with the synovial fluid, you've got a, and, and what services it is the flexion of the knee. It, is that movement occurring and that synovial fluid transporting nutrients and cleaning the joint and, and all these really great things occurring where in the rest of the body that sort of happens with blood flow um, from the cardiovascular system so yeah knee flexion is really important <laughs> 100% and when so with when looking at um, I guess going for into a squat where you're going past 90 degrees you do need that next kind of like the that sort of full range flexion and we think about what is supporting the joint through those movements basically as i just talked about we've got the passive structure so your bones ligaments cartilage versus joint capsules anything that you can't contract no matter how hard you try and then you've got your active structures which is your muscles and then the tendons that attach the muscles to the bone so um we've got basically if the big takeaway is if you stop doing exercises that um train the muscles to support your joint through the full range of motion then it means that the muscles will no longer be uh, controlling as much and therefore it's going to be your backup systems those passive structures that are going to then take on more of the um, stability load because when you think about your ACL MC, um, your ACL and the PCL the joints that uh, sorry the ligaments that crisscross in the middle of the knee all the 
footy players get their ACLs um, torn. You would have heard of that one before. And then your MCL and LCL are on the outside. Basically, they're there as your backup systems. And But our muscles, so our hamstrings, our calves, um, and our quads have just such a huge impact on joint stability. And they should be taking most of the grunt. And it's only usually within ACL. It's when someone lands and twists or gets someone you know, pushing um, from the side that you get a tear but usually it's the muscles in controlled movement that are going to be um are going to be preventing that so having strong muscles around your knee is so 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 important and you can hopefully that makes sense that once you've got a little bit of structural change to your passive structures in your knee that that should be like canary in the coal mine saying hey maybe our active structures aren't doing enough and we need to really address the strength around the knee and guys this is why and i'm gonna get this word in before rad goes on a complete um a run with this this is why we develop the foundations program and why we urge so many people to do it anyone who's done the foundations the ums foundations program will notice that there are three variations of step up which strengthens the vmo and all of the active structures glutes hamstrings calves in a shortened or minimized range of movement first to build this integrity before we start to heavily load through full flexion and there's a very very important reason for that you know why don't you share the the the, the progressions that we take people through on the foundations program step ups you mean why we do it or just share them just tell them so we do we do a side step up and then a front step up and then a step down or a heel elevated step up and each one of them Um, progresses do we do we do do we do a side step up then as yeah we do a side step up then a heel elevated step up and then a step down yeah um because they each progressively add more load to the vmo and the um you know the knee stabilizers and the knee stabilizers that's exactly right and and like i can't tell you i can't stress to you enough the transformations that i've seen in people with um things like uh arthritis (laughs) like severe knee um injuries and and uh, uh, reconstructions myself included where you know i was told after my um uh, knee injury where I had so- I had someone um, collide into the side of my knee that dislocated my knee and really damaged a lot of the structures that Phil just talked about including uh, a grade 3 tear which is a complete um, uh, tear of the ACL um, I had uh, I'd been told that yeah the knee would never really prob- probably unlikely to function well again and I'd end up with arthritis and all these sorts of things and you know um, I had a little bit of the meniscus removed because the meniscus had torn as well. And, you know, like if you saw me train now, it doesn't look anything different to the way I used to train. Of course, I spent almost a year building back up to the the capacities and load um, and volumes and intensities that I do now. But yeah, look. Um, I yeah, I think this is enough. like a, a good time to then talk about with the um, knees or the toes, kind of what um, impact that has um, on this particular case. So with... Um, you know, squatting past 90 degrees for arthritis, but also just in, in, in training generally. And I love how the foundations program, as, as Rad just kind of talked to the different progressions, it's all about gradually increasing the load. So it's it's starting with small, uh, quite a small range and quite a like small amount of weight going through it. And then each of those progression takes you slightly deeper and will we'll load it up slightly more. And with the heel elevated, what that does is really puts a lot more of the force into your knees and your hips. Because remember, whenever you're doing a squat, it's a combination movement of 
um, your knee extensors and your hip extensors. So um, basically your glutes and your quads, glutes and hamstrings and then quads. So when you elevate your knees, uh, sorry, elevate your heels and go more onto um, your toes, that's gonna put more of that load into the knees and if you're flat foot and weight into the heels, more into your glutes. So that's kind of, I love the foundations program is it's, it's you know, it's not starting you off being like, hey, you know, do pause squats at mm-hmm. Aster Grass. It's like, you know, start small and then build it up. And that's the approach I think you've got to take with arthritis is, um, you know, strengthen with your own, within your available range. If that range is really small, fine, yep. but load it up. Like yep. start to really train with, um, uh, you know, y- you need to get these muscles strong. And then as you can handle it, that's when you start to explore a deeper range. So, um, and when it comes to, um, to squatting, it, I think it's really important. You know, there's a discussion here about you know should you squat with your knees over your toes. I think like I think the answer is that there's different types of squats, yeah. and they're appropriate at different times. So, um, at one end of the spectrum, you got your low bar squat where it's much more of a hip hinge movement where you're sitting back, you're keeping your shins fairly vertical, um, and I find that's a really nice way to uh, you know train people who do, are experiencing knee pain. And then yeah. as you go, uh, you can do a high bar squat, which kind of is a pretty uh, even mix of the knee, um, knee extensors and the hip extensors, and then you've got your front uh, front squat where the weight's in front of you, where it's so much more heavily um, knee extension and, and much less sort of hip. Yeah. And I think um, I think where a lot of people need to understand is that the way that this would progress for somebody that does experience pain when they try and go past 90 degrees um is that you're not necessarily going to always progress with weight going up and depth going lower like Mm. you might progress with weight going up and then you get to a point where you think oh you know what i can go a bit deeper than this but you won't be able to maintain the same weight when you do that but and that's a that's progress i think a lot like so many people equate this thing of oh if i go deeper and i drop the weight i'm going backwards and you're just not you're not like i've got i've got people that i train in the morning uh, one of our good members, Jack, who's who's now a good friend of mine, when he started, he had some of the worst ankle flexibility of anyone I've seen in a long time. And he's on the good side of 30. So I'm pretty sure he's in his late 20s. Actually, I'm certain he is. And I, you know, just drilled it into his head that his goal is to, ju- but he's got no knee problems, anything like that. I just drilled into his head that his goal is to go ass to grass with whatever weight that he can and drive his knees forward, use heel elevation as much as he needs to, but then slowly get rid of it as it's happened. And over, he's been here for um, the this whole year. He started in January and I was watching his squats doing his testing this morning with very minimal heel elevation going ass to grass and he did 80 kilos, which is mm. for, for six reps and past the, the structural balance test at 80 kilos. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. When he's st- and it was just this progressive approach. And there were times when we lowered how, like we reduced the assistant. I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent because we're not talking about knee issues here, but it's this idea of how you increase range and you don't you don't always go up in weight yeah. when you when you increase the so range. Key to like when you when you're doing exercises, you got to think about all the different variables involved, and range is a d- huge variable. So you need to make sure that you know you can't just be progressing everything in all directions you've got to be really targeted about what um, what you're doing when so yeah. I love that's a, such a good point Rad. yeah love that. yeah and it's um and it's something that um it's something that happens even you know with as experienced as we are in the room I still and I've seen Yanni do it as well I've seen you do it I've seen Richard do it we will still do cycles where the progress that we're looking for is 
definitely not in an increase in weight, it's an increase in range. And we will we'll play around with lots of different variables, like I've seen Yana using pause reps, um, you know, with a lot less weight than what he can normally lift. And looking um, at you, what you're doing, you're doing like, you're really focusing on tempo and how quick you're sort of, you know, yep, like yeah. if you can right, maintain right now, the speed. I mean, I've done my best squat, uh, was a double bodyweight squat, which was at the time 170 kilos, and I did one rep at it. But at the moment, I've been working on 130 kilos, but going ass to grass. And there's been a couple of weeks where I failed my last yeah. rep because I was so focused on, on keeping good tempo and going right to the bottom. And I haven't upped the weight for months now because yeah. all I'm doing is just focusing on that depth and on strengthening that depth. So yeah, th yeah. It's so with programming principles, so important. We've done quite a few episodes on it, so do go back and listen to those if you want to understand like what are those different elements that you yeah. um, change there. The last thing about knees over toes is, uh, I guess, one thing that people kind of think about a lot is um, knee tracking. So that's just an important thing when you are thinking about going knees over toes. Um, I don't know. There's, there's kind of different schools of thought in there. Some people who are like, yeah, you know, movement freedom, do whatever you like. But the general thing we look for is knees kind of going out towards your little toes. So either over your little toes or, but basically not crossing the inside of your big toes. So yeah. we want to try and stop our knees from buckling in, um, having them kind of going out. And that's just looking at a, how the knee joint work is it's a sort of complex hinge joint that does have some movement freedom, but you, you want to try and line things up and yeah. weight it, it evenly. And the variables that will determine that there's small nuances there in your specific angle come down to the hip um, uh, sort of structure, the length of your bone structure in your lower extremities, your legs in comparison to the rest of your body, those will play a, a, a bit of a role. And then of course your length tension, like the, the, the strength and flexibility of all of these structures is gonna play a huge role. So I just wanna frame it up before we answer some of the, um, the I would questions. I really love to cover the cortisol injection really quickly because yep, I yep. think it's just so important when people are making decisions about their all right, I'll that, uh, do that now yeah, or after? Do that now, and then I'll okay. and then I'll bring this in. Yeah. So he said that um the, uh, hang on, where is it? So, um, he says he's been very early stage, and I think it's really important to understand that with early stage arthritis, you've got some small changes. There's I've talked about this um X-ray study before, looking at basically someone with very early stage versus someone with end stage arthritis, and you'd look at one knee that you know is looks like it's just kind of bone on bone. Uh, nothing else supporting it versus someone who's got some very minor um, arthritic change and you wouldn't be able to tell who is experiencing more pain or disability because it doesn't come down to how much damage there is. So it's really key to understand that um, just because you're early stage doesn't mean it's not going to be very painful and just because you're in stage doesn't mean it will be very painful. Yeah. So um, so yeah, like this person, Renee, has uh, it said it's been hurting so bad that I've had an injection of cortisol. So with cortisol, it basically it's a um, corticosteroid in injection, which is a very potent anti-inflammatory agent. So basically with this arthritis, which is an inflammatory condition, it basically just sucks all the inflammation, not, not literally sucks it out, but like it, it, it really calms down um, the um, inflammation. So that can be like, it, it's, it's effective. It makes people feel a whole lot better, but you've just got to think that it's like, it has long-term effects and you can't keep, if you continually do cortisol injections, you will get thinning of the, basically the passive structure, like you get thinning of your cartilage um, ligaments and it, it does weaken the whole structure in there if you do repeated long-term. And there's been a recent study looking at that, um, injections over two years of that compared to saline injections, so salt water injections, and it's proven to actually make things weaker. So it can be a useful tool for professional athletes if they need to like really load up and get back to playing quickly, but I do not recommend it. Um, obviously work with your own 
health professional, but I don't recommend it for just a regular person who wants to keep training throughout their whole life. Um, and the other really interesting study with um, cortisone injections is sim another one with a comparison to saline injections, so saltwater injections, so basically like it's a placebo. Um, and the cortisol injections had a very similar result. Basically. So the saline, you said, yes, had a the saline result. had yeah. it. So the, yeah. the it's, it's so it's massive placebo. So there's so much placebo, like there's so much around just being in that kind of position where you're getting something medically done to you that's fixing your specific problem. Yeah. The context of a you know I'm a doctor in a white lab coat giving you an injection, like all of that shit plays into your brain. Yeah. And it has a huge effect. Not saying that's a bad thing. It's great if it's placebo's work, but 100%. we've just got to be aware of that and yeah. make sure that like it's if you like if you are getting cortisol all over a long period of time like it's not doing kind of as much you think it is and it's going to make you weak a long time yeah yeah there you go so guys to bring this in for a landing um in in regard to the like the preface the the name of the show squatting knees over toes we've ascertained that it is absolutely important that we do learn to squat knees over toes but the key word there is learn and the reason why i use that word learn is because the body needs to in many instances if you haven't spent a lot of time in a deep squat throughout your life you you, you weren't born in China or in the country where Rad and I had to use a squat toilet for half of our life, then there is going to be a need to relearn this movement. Although we do, uh, we are born with a very nice squat. And if you ever watch uh, children at play or babies at play, toddlers, they just squat all day and it's very, very comfortable. It is actually a rest position for humans as children. Uh, we we lose it over time. It's the old adage, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so my opinion with squatting knees over toes is that it is an absolute essential skill to maintain throughout your life. But if you haven't done it for a long period of time, there's going to be a need to manage load and manage um, uh, and part of that man load management is, is, is volume, intensity, and range. You don't just dive into it straight away because the structures there may not be quite ready for it. You may have some sort of compromise that needs to be dealt with and you may need to but just... the dealing with in this case is just gradual exposure Just gradual exposure, yeah, that's exactly right, you know. So uh, we, if, if, and the only, the only instance where I s say that it may not be a good idea is if you've had major damage to the meniscal cartilage in your knee and or, and or it's been sort of removed and then really, really um, excessive flexion in the knee can become a little bit more pro problematic. Yeah, if you're getting like severe, like crunchy knees, like, you know, crepitus, um, cracking knees is, is fine. But if you are getting like clunking and, and locking of movement, then that's like a sign of, you know, more serious of the damage, but we're talking garden variety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In most cases, it is a really important skill to develop. And, uh, it, and, and as with all skill development, it needs to be done progressively and it needs to be done properly. Like get, go to a good strength coach and they'll, they'll show you how to do the step up variations or for God's sake, do our foundations program. It's all laid out there. Uh, it's a shame, shameless plug, but I really mean it. It's important that you do it properly. Let's quickly go through some of these comments. Um, and uh, big shout out to Quok, by the way, for his front splits progression. Yeah, dude. Man, <coughs> how sick is that yeah, looking? Epic. Yeah, Quok started following us. Uh, I don't know if it was late last year or earlier. I think it was probably late last year. And... Um, and I started commenting on all our uh, YouTube videos and asking questions and he apparently was really stiff and inflexible when he started with us and he ended up coming down to a workshop down here and he come from Brisbane, which is, if you're in the States, it's almost a thousand kilometers away. And um, 
and he just posted a video of him doing a full front split. Yeah, it's wicked. William Wong, different trainers told me different things over the year, especially when doing heel raise, squat. Good to get some clarification. Absolutely. Uh, and I'll be honest, uh, William, years ago you were taught that it was a bad thing to do. You know, the, the, uh, the industry's progressed far beyond the old knees over toes fear. Now we do know that it is actually quite important. Oh, the worst is we get people that come here and when we tell them to find their squat position, they say, oh, but my trainer told me my feet has, has to face forward. And yeah, and be, be perfectly parallel and all this what? crap, you know, and it's <laughs> just like, come on. Uh, it, it, I, I will just clarify again. If you have length tension issues, that means that there's weaknesses in certain structures or uh, the, the, the structure need to become more flexible then it's mm. going to affect severely affect your ability to squat deep and probably affect your ability to go um, knees over toes but it is absolutely impossible to do an ass to grass squat without your knees traveling over your toes it's just not possible and therefore it's quite ridiculous to think that uh, they shouldn't in, and and we've framed that pretty well it is important to do so Lee Clements, having MRI tomorrow. Ilio Solis beside us has been diagnosed, been doing foundations plus pancake on Saturdays. Maybe arthritis spur. That's kind of a question for Phil here. Um, she's saying, since laying off pancake, much less pain, getting second opinion, not a question. Bit thought I'd take cause of foundations program. Um, my quick take on that, Lee, is that it happens a lot when you are really going for it, charging forward and uh, consistently developing your flexibility. It's very easy to overdo it and push a little bit hard. We've all done it before. Uh, be careful becoming too discouraged on that. You know, you may just need to, as you're doing, take it easy on the stretching. Um, let yourself heal. Remember, if you tear something and you stretch it, you just continually re-tear that area. You know, it's not it's not the best thing to do. So that's my take. Yep. And I've, I've, we've talked about this a lot before, but with when you are new to a particular type of training, so consider your training age, how long you've been doing something, that will really dictate how quickly you change things. And also... Um, your age, I know Lee, you're in your 60s as well. And so with like protein synthesis and, and turnover of structures and basically like hormonal levels of how much muscle um, change will be able to happen, that will also impact how Huge. quickly you change. Yep. So it's just one of those it things you gotta really embrace things the process. Things happen a little bit slow if, uh, once once yeah, we get beyond that sort mate, of 40 so year old. So impressed with how you're taking this yeah. on. So yeah, good, good job and I hope that this injury doesn't uh, railroad you too much. And Nathan Campbell, I'm assuming, is saying, yes, my knees go over my toes, not my knees go over my knees, because um, that would be very impressive. Um, not sure I could squat without that happening. You're absolutely right. If you're squatting deep, <laughs> it can't happen, mate, because otherwise you just destroy your lower back uh, <laughs> trying. So good discussion today. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, and I think there's a lot of value in there for people. Uh, really, really, really... Um, Progressively load the knees if you've got if it's a problematic area for you. If you're not used to going knees over toes, don't try and dive under there with stupid amounts of weight. Do it slowly. Uh, use all of the variables at play. That means yeah. load, volume, and range of movement uh, to focus on. And I think it's so important when you are dealing with arthritis. Uh, the big thing to remember is it's not going to be like a smooth transition out of you know pain. Yep. It's going to be ups and downs and you've just got to keep riding that and um you know you've got to embrace the process training with a little bit of pain is usually okay but like i do really recommend people work with a professional on this but um it's not going to be smooth just like once you start doing a certain thing it'll all be better you've yeah. just got to embrace the process and the keep training with um 
The only flare up. Sorry to cut you off. The only thing we didn't talk about, which uh, I'm interested to get your take on, is uh, I'm under the impression that nutrition plays a big yes. role in arthritis. So uh, that would be something that I would also look into. Absolutely. Um, uh, and like nutrition for the inflammatory side of things, but also nutrition for the weight side of things. And with knee arthritis, a 5% change in your body weight or 10%, 5 or 10% can half your pain is yep. the general takeaway. So like because it is a weight bearing joint, the amount of weight you're carrying around has a huge impact on it, as well as the the like inflammatory mediators with with obesity as well have a like a double on yep. effect. So there's so much benefit in eating right. Yeah. So Renee, uh, for you specifically, look into nutrition and ways to reduce inflammation through nutrition and ways to improve body composition. Look at strengthening the structures around the knee through a good foundations program work with a coach if it's not us it's totally fine but work with a good coach who understands the concept of progressive overload and how to progress and program uh, step ups into your routine to build up those structures and you will do wonders for yourself great conversation great show see you all tomorrow see you guys health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, that's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery in movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.